Hi guys, it's your boy C Free, also known as Charlie or Freeman, and today will be marking history because it is the first ever episode of Freeman Sports Pod. And today we've got a few things to talk about because there's nothing crazy going on in sports besides the NBA and NHL playoffs going on. However, we also did recently have the NFL draft occur, so I'm going to talk about those three things mainly today. And obviously, I'll talk about more things later on. I was planning on starting this over the summer because I have homework and AP tests and finals and stuff like that coming on. But after what happened in the Rockets-Warriors game, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to start recording my first episode and make it today. Um, most episodes aren't going to have much talking in the preview like this. It's just going to get right into it or maybe just talk about some of the things I'm going to talk about later. But since this is the first episode, I kind of just want to explain what this is all about. So basically, I'm just going to be talking about all sorts of different sports. But to be honest, it's mainly just going to be football and basketball, maybe a little hockey too, like for the playoffs example, because that's just what I know the most about. Um, that's part of the reason why I want to start now, because during the summer, it's mainly just baseball. And for those of you who know me know, well, know that I'm not really into baseball much, so it won't really matter to me much, and there won't be much that I want to talk about. So yeah, um, but enough about me talking about the preview of all this stuff. Let's just get right into it. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is I'm just going to go on a mini rant about the Rockets-Warriors game today. So for those of you who aren't aware, just don't follow sports so much or just don't really care about the playoffs, or at least if your team's out like DG. Um, the Rockets and Warriors split today at Oracle Arena for Game 1. Game was at 2.30, I believe, and the Rockets lost to the Warriors 104-100. to um, The Rockets were down 103-100, to and Kevin Durant had gotten the ball, and he got double-teamed to Chris Paul, my favorite player, stripped him and, and took the ball and passed it over to James Harden. Now, James Harden decides to go up the court, smart move, gets open to a, wide, a pretty good spot for a step-back three. He pulls up to shoot it, and as he's starting to come down, he, gets, he clearly gets bumped and draws contact from Draymond Green. And not only that, but it was clearly in the shooter's box. And if, for those of you who don't really understand or know what I mean by the shooter's box, because I'm going to be talking about it a lot, so you're going to want to understand, a few years ago... In the playoffs, the Golden State Warriors were playing the San Antonio Spurs at Oracle Arena in Game 1, and this was back when Kawhi Leonard was selling the Spurs, obviously, and before all the injuries that occurred to him and the controversy with him. Anyway, but that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to go back to what happened with him. He decided to shoot a three, and Zaza Pachulia, a guy who's been known for injuring players and just a terrible person in general, not a, not a clean player at all. He also intentionally or claims to unaccidentally have landed on Russell Westbrook numerous times and stuff like that. Anyway, so he went up to block Kawhi Leonard's shot, and he landed right where Kawhi Leonard was trying to land. So because of that, Kawhi Leonard hurt his ankle, and he was done for the playoffs. So because of that, there was a lot of controversy about it. People were saying it's a dirty play. There has to be some sort of rule, and especially with how more and more threes are starting to be shot now, that that injury could keep occurring, and there needs to be a way to prevent it. So they made the rule for a foul called the shooter's box. And it's basically where you can't land where a player is attempting to land. And if you go straight up and if they kick out their leg, then there won't be a call. But if you go forward and land, they will make a call. And that's exactly when you watch numerous replays what Draymond Green did when James Harden shot it. And not only that, but when the analysis or talk, uh, the uh, commentators are in the game are even pointing out how bad of a call it is, you know there's something wrong. Because I can understand why people would think it'd just be me being biased, but that's just the truth. I mean, it was clearly a missed call. But the other reason why I'm upset 
is it's not like that was the one call they missed. I mean, there were numerous calls, and it was constantly being brought up where there were clearly fouls that were occurring when the Rockets were shooting threes. I mean, I know Chris Paul took one, and Durant clearly hit him on the arm, and then they didn't call it, so Durant got a fast break dunk. And the other thing that pisses me off is the fact that Chris Paul got a, a, t- a second technical and got ejected. Like, you're telling me with a few seconds left, you're going to give a technical and eject a guy because you messed up and couldn't do your job, so he's going to let you know about it and say something about it. Like, if you don't want to get yelled at or a player to criticize you like that, but you know that emotions are running high in a game like this, then don't mess up. Don't make multiple calls wrong. If that was the one call, it would obviously be upsetting, but I can move on. But there were repeatedly missed calls on threes. The refs stole that game for the Rockets. I mean, yes, the Rockets should have played better. But in my opinion, both teams played terrible, and the refs decided that game and decided to give it to the Warriors in this case. The one thing, though, that I do like is the fact that with the Rockets playing that bad offensively, they still hung in there. But what I also liked was defensively. And a lot of people are going to point to the fact that the Warriors shot really well, and they did. But that's not really what matters defensively. It's not just shooting percentage. What also matters is turnovers, and the Rockets forced a ton of those. Now, I will grant the fact that a lot of them were unforced, but there was still a good amount where the Rockets' defense messed with the Warriors and they struggled. And they had bits where the Warriors were pulling away, and then the Rockets were able to go on like 11-2 to runs and stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like I've talked, though, as I'm seeing we're already past the five-minute mark, a lot about that. I'm going to cover that series a lot in my episodes as long as I have time for it. But obviously, it's not just a Rockets podcast or Chris Paul podcast, so I'm going to move on. So the next thing I want to talk about is the game that happened earlier today with the Bucks celtics I don't know why Paul Pierce is trying to get, like, so ahead of himself and say, oh, the series is over. I mean, I do believe the Rockets uh, – not the Rockets, sorry. The Celtics will win in six in that series. I had the Bucks originally, but that was more because I thought the uh, Celtics would win, and I'm not making this up. It's true. I just didn't know how well, like, they would play because – there were certain parts of the season, and like you could see against the Pacers in certain swings, where the Celtics just looked like they were struggling and chemistry was off. But I believed and still believe that if they can play as consistent as possible, that they can go to the finals for sure. It's just a matter of if they choose to play the way they're capable of instead of having chemistry problems or just messing around or making stupid mistakes. But I think the Bucks can come back. I think it was just a really rough game, but also a wake-up call. Because you have to remember, they played a Pistons team who had no right to be in the playoffs and had Blake Griffin injured. And without Blake Griffin, that Pistons team is one of the worst teams in the league, so it doesn't surprise me. As for the rest of the playoffs and, like, my predictions, I mean, nothing really surprised me. I was surprised that the Thunder were taken care of so easily. I mean, I took the Thunder in my th- in my uh, in my prediction, but it wasn't anything against the Blazers. It was simply it's hard to adjust without a guy of the caliber of uh, Yusef Nurkic. So I do think that the Blazers are a good team. The other thing, though, is I feel like it was two teams that were surprising. The Nuggets and the fact that I thought when it went to Game 7, honestly, even though it was at home, I thought they would lose that just because of confidence. But I don't think the Nuggets are anything special. I mean, I think the Warriors-Rockets is going to determine not only who goes to the finals but wins it all. But I also think that side of the West bracket is just super, super weak, in my opinion. I'm honestly going to take the Blazers in six in that series uh, simply because of the fact that I just don't think the Nuggets are very good at winning on the road. And they showed a lot of youth when they played their games in terms of inexperience and just, like, not playing consistently. I do think the Nuggets could win that series. I think that series is going at least six games, maybe seven, and anything could happen. Um, And I think the Nuggets proved that if it does go to a seven, they could win that game at home. But obviously, we're going to have to see. Hi, guys. Sorry about that. My mom didn't realize I was still recording my podcast, so I didn't really clarify to her that I was still going. Um, I believe I left off with the Nuggets versus Spurs series where I was saying I think it'll go six or seven and that the Spurs, uh, not Nuggets, Spurs, sorry, the uh, Blazers Nuggets and then I believe the Blazers are one in six, but it could go seven. 
Um, obviously, I'll make it more clear, and it's going to be more smooth and better as the podcast go on, but obviously, it's just the first one. It's going to be a learning experience. Um, anyway, so now that's pretty much all I have to say for that series for the NBA. Um, I believe that the uh, Raptors are going to win their series in five, which might seem crazy and might be like, oh, well, they just blew them out one game, so I'm overreacting. But I just think the Raptors are really good, and I just don't think the Sixers are as good as like their first series or how their roster on paper seems because the Nets easily could have won another game or two in that series and it would have been very different. And I'm saying that because, oh, obviously that's what every series I'm saying with how close they actually came. Um, so, yeah, and then honestly, I'm going to say Raptors-Celtics, if that's like with my updated prediction, I would probably say Raptors in seven. However, if the Celtics take it in six or seven, that also wouldn't surprise me. And then for the West... I'm going to say the Rockets are going to beat the Warriors in seven. And I might seem biased, but I just truly believe after game one, even though the Warriors won, that it just proved to me that the Rockets really are capable. And I think they're going to come out in game two very upset with how game one went out and beat the Warriors. And then I think they're actually going to take the next two and that they're going to lose. Or no, not sorry. They're going to take the next one and go up 2-1. And then I think they're going to lose to go back to 2-2. Two to two. And then I think they're actually going to take game, uh, go down three to two and then get win game three uh six in uh Houston and then win game seven at the Oracle. But I also could see the Rockets maybe even winning in six if they can dominate, but obviously the Warriors in six or seven also I could see happening. And then the winner of that I'm gonna take in five to seven games. Um so now moving on from the NBA we're gonna move on to the NHL. So for those of you who don't know, I'm a Joe Thornton fan, so because then I'm a Sharks fan, I'm actually watching the game right now. Unfortunately Colorado scored to tie it up a few minutes ago uh, there's currently nine minutes and seven seconds left in the second period if you're curious about where in the game I am right now um anyway but they had a crazy seven game series with the Knights and I actually stayed up all night watching that game to see what would happen and when they were down three nothing I started to get nervous and think it really might be over just because of the fact that Martin Jones after getting pulled multiple games and struggling started to get back on track and the first two goals were understandable but the third goal he gave up was a very soft and weak goal and that made me worried and then, obviously, Joe Pavelski just got destroyed by Cody Eakin and Paul Stasny. So here are my thoughts on that. Without bias, I think it should have been a two-minute uh, penalty minor for uh, cross-checking. Now, when I saw it was a five-minute major, it didn't surprise me simply because of the fact that it was in the hostile arena of the Sharks and they were home and uh, he got severely hurt and he couldn't get up. And obviously... Um, I hope he gets better and has a speedy recovery. And I know he was out for game one, and I'm pretty sure two, but he should come back, I think, at some point during the series. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping Joe Pavelski obviously gets better, if you guys didn't know that that's what, who I was talking about. Um, and obviously shifted the momentum, but I don't think everybody should just be making excuses about that for why the Sharks won. Because the Knights, after they gave up that first goal, I believe after Logan Couture said that's one and got fired up, that they should have taken the time out there. So I think that's on the coach for waiting that long to, make, to decide to finally use his timeout. And obviously, I'm just thrilled that they're still going. And I said that they were going to beat the Avalanche in five games. And, I mean, after game one, it seems likely in game two. I mean, they were dominating from when I was watching until they just gave up that goal to tie it. And I still think they're going to win this game. And I think they're going to lose game three, and then they're going to take game four and game five. Or I think they're going to lose win game three and then lose game four and win game five. It depends on how they come out and how this game finishes. Because if they win... I think they might come out with a huge confidence and take game three, but they could also just let the foot off the pedal. But I think if they do go up 3-0, the Colorado will kind of show like what Utah did against the Rockets and show that desperation and then force a game five because they don't want to get swept and lose in front of their home crowd like that. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, and uh, now I'm going to talk about kind of like all the crazy upsets and stuff that have happened. And I just think it's crazy that the Lightning not only lost but got swept and that all these high seeds are still around and all the favorites are already gone. And the fact that other than, I believe, the Sharks and the Bruins, every single underdog won. And I know that there was a chance it could have been the Capitals, but obviously, I mean, shout out to Chags, uh, Max, Max, Max. If you're an intro, you get that. Uh, intro business with Lukens. Anyway, um, stop getting off topic, self. Um, anyway, though, back to that. So the Capitals got out in Game 7 against the Hurricanes. So, yeah, there's only those two. And I believe the Sharks is going to seem biased. And I'm going to kind of is biased. I'm going to take the Sharks to beat the Bruins in six games in um, the, the champion uh, in the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. And I believe that the Sharks are going to take on uh, the Blues. Shout out to Schwami. Uh, and I think they're going to beat the Blues in, I'm going to say, six or seven games. And then I believe it's going to be the Bruins versus, I'm going to go with the Hurricanes. And not just because they're up two, but I just think that they've I think that they played very well. And ever since I saw them turn it on uh, when that guy that was a former Blackhawk, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try, um, score, I thought that they kind of had a new intensity, and I think that they're going to go on. And that they're going to, unfortunately, they'll run out of gas and just, like, not as much talent. And I think that they're going to lose to the Bruins in five. Um, so, yeah, then that's pretty much all I have to say about for the NHL. And then back to, like, the Sharks team briefly for the game itself, aside from just the injury and the comeback. I mean, that was a crazy sequence. Like, my whole family was sleeping, and I got yelled at for keeping my brother up. But I told him, like, I don't care. This game's just a classic. And it was crazy. And they had so many chances in overtime to put that game away. And I, I got nervous then. And then once all the fans were freaking out about a missed call that happened, I was like, wait, focus. Like, I saw Eric Carlson get by and make a good passing open guy. And I was just like, please, please put the puck in. Just please. And he got right around and had an open shot. And I got to give that guy credit because I know he didn't get much play time. And I know the Sharks were on. I'm pretty sure his name's Goodrow or something. Like, he does not get much play time. So that's why I'm kind of forgetting who he was. Um, so now the last thing I'm going to talk about today are just my thoughts on the NFL draft some picks that I loved and some picks that I hated. So I thought the draft was kind of fun and cool this year because it was a lot less predictable and so many different things that could happen. And I think the Kyler Murray with the one-on-one pick, I just think it was the right pick. I do. I think it was time to move on from Rosen. I know he was only there for a little bit, but with the way sports are changing, especially the NFL, I think Murray has a chance to really thrive, especially with his new coach, Cliff Kingsbury. And I think they did a great job. The Cardinals themselves getting a ton of weapons around him for receivers. Like that guy that's a start, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State, who Megatron said is the... Uh, if you don't know who that is, it's Kevin Johnson said that's the receiver who he thinks is most like him. So that's obviously an honor to uh, feel like. Shout out to DG. Um, so I'm just going to kind of talk about some picks now um, that I liked and hated. So I just didn't really like what the Raiders were doing with their picks where they reached for that guy out of Clemson. Um, was it Clinton Farrell? I think that's who it might have been or something, who they took with, like, the fourth pick. And I also really hated the Giants with the sixth pick taking Daniel Jones. I'm not going to really go in depth to the later rounds much. I'm just going to really talk about the picks from the first round and maybe a little second round. Shout out to the Chargers for doing a, making a great pick and a terrible pick. I loved when they took that guy out of or something out of, I think, Delaware or something. He's a safety that they somehow got in the second round. So I love that um, pick that they made. Um, but the one thing I'm pissed about is the fact that they could have had Clayton Thorson and teamed him up with Justin Jackson, because you guys know I'm a Northwestern fan. That would have been sick. Instead, they took this guy, Easton Stick, who played at North Dakota State and took over after, um, obviously, Carson Wentz left. And plus, it would have been cool if those two were on the Eagles together. So, I mean, obviously, I went to pick after the Eagles, but I was so happy, but also so mad about that. Also, a lot of Northwestern guys got signed after, so now I'm relieved. Like, Montre Hardridge, I believe, should have gotten drafted. 
and he wasn't. Um, so, yeah, it was Clinton Field. So, I hated that pick. Um, Daniel Jones, again, they could have gotten him at 17, could have gotten the guy the Jacksonville Jaguars stole, which was Josh Allen. So, I think they really messed that up. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just kind of scrolling through the picks to see if there's anything else I really hated. Um, I thought the Dolphins kind of reached for Wilkins, but I'm fine with that. I thought they should have taken Haskins, but then once they made the Josh Rosen trade, I respected it. Also, I think Rosen, when he did, kind of showed his immaturity. I do not think he should have acted that way. Like, obviously, it's frustrating, but you're still going 15th. Like, a lot of drafts had you 13th and stuff. I think you're just mad about Daniel Jones because I agree he should have gone after you, but, like, you shouldn't show that immaturity. Um, I also didn't like the Packers pick of Darnell Savage Jr. Seemed like a complete reach. Um, I also didn't love the Titus Howard pick. I by the He's an offensive tackle by the Texans. I think he also was a bit of a reach. Um, sorry, guys. I'm just kind of scrolling through towards the bottom. I thought um, the – what was the last one I wanted to bring up? Um, I thought Nikhil Harry was a fine pick. And, I mean, the Patriots know what they're doing, so I'm going to trust them. But if it wasn't the Patriots and if it wasn't a team that was very, very desperate for a receiver, I probably would criticize this pick just because it's not that necessarily there was a better receiver available. I mean, there might have been. But I, th- I think it was more the fact that I don't think he was worth that pick. But then I also heard the Cardinals were going to take him with the 33rd pick for, or first pick in the second round. So I guess it's not as crazy. And then for picks that I love, I'm not just going to say the top guys that went where they went because that would make sense. So I'm going to kind of go towards the later part of the first round and talk about guys I thought were like steals. So I love the Bills getting Ed, Ed, Ol- Sorry, not Ed, Ed Oliver at nine. I thought that was a great pick. Um, I also really liked the Pan- uh sorry not the Panthers the Redskins getting Dwayne Haskins at fifteen again not like a steal or anything but a great pick. Um, I also love the Broncos getting Noah Fant because I feel like they really need to build up their offense and I think he has a lot of potential and could be very explosive for their offense. I thought the Eagles trading up to get Andre Dillard was smart because they really needed an offensive tackle and that was a great move and they didn't have to give up too much to get him. And from what I've heard, I also, as much as the Raiders have messed up, I loved their pick with Josh Jacobs. Because now with Marshawn Lynch retiring and Doug Martin a free agent, he wasn't anything special. They desperately needed a running back. And I think they got him in a great spot and was very worth it from where they took him. So I love that pick. I also love the Ravens pick of Marquise Brown. Uh, I believe he's the cousin of Antonio Brown. He has the nickname Hollywood, but people forget that it's not like California. It's wherever he's from. It's uh, it's someplace in Hollywood. I don't know if it's Hollywood, California. I don't think it is. Might be. Um, but, yeah, I think he was a great decision to draft because they desperately needed receivers, and I think he was the best receiver, even though every, some people might say DK, but he's just jacked. Like, he can't run routes well. I thought Montez Sweat was a steal that the Redskins got. I thought that, he, that the Patriots might trade up for him. I also like the Jonathan Abram uh, draft by the Raiders. So their ending was, uh, was strong, but their starting pick with Clinton Farrell was definitely a reach, especially with Josh Allen and Ed Oliver available. Uh, the Chargers pick with Jerry Tiller, I thought it was a good pick. I mean, I think it's a little overhyped, but I don't think it was bad. And so, yeah, that pretty much finishes the first round for the NFL draft. I mean, there were obviously some other steals and some uh, later in the drafts, but I don't really feel like breaking that down, to be honest with you, because this isn't like an NFL-specifically podcast. It's just sports in general, and I don't think people care enough. So, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap up my podcast here. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you take a listen, um, I'm obviously going to try to make this grow and make more and more episodes. Uh, please let me know on Snapchat or Instagram, like through obviously Snapchat or DMs on Instagram, stuff like that, or even text me if you like what your thoughts are on it, what I should improve or change, what I should continue. If you have any ideas of other stuff related to sports that you would like me to later on talk about, and I'll definitely hear you guys out on your ideas and maybe throw some of them in. 
But I think that's what, that's going to do it for uh, Freeman Sports Pod Episode 1. And again, thank you guys so much for taking a listen. And uh, enjoy the rest of your night.